0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: As Scott has begun his... Much deserved uh, vacation. He's going to be out there in the Dominican and the Belize doing his favorite thing in the world. Besides hanging out with you guys, of course, and hanging out with me. is uh, He'll be out there in uh, Belize, I believe, Dominican area, um, doing snorkeling. And uh, I'm riding solo today, so I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. I obviously did a solo show last, last Monday. It was fine. I'll probably go a little bit shorter today because I got things to do. And just a general announcement off the top is that uh, Scott and I will be wall, I guess. Uh, not really AWOL, but uh, we'll be out of service from tomorrow until the uh, 16th. So we'll be back on the 16th. Uh, I'm going to be in Hawaii with a uh, vacation myself. I haven't taken a true vacation that hasn't been for like a family member's wedding or uh, friend's wedding or Christmas since... Before Rona, so uh, my wife and I are heading out to Hawaii for a week, and uh, cannot wait. But that I means I'm going to leave you guys hanging. Don't miss me too much. Let's say hello to everybody in here. Jeremy, Sean, saying morning, Nick. Hope you had a good birthday. Thank you, Jeremy. I did have a good birthday. It was low key. Uh, didn't do too much. Got a th- bunch of stuff ready to go on vacation. So um, I'm extending the birthday vibes are extending out all throughout next uh, next week when we are in uh, Hawaii. So thank you. Uh, Greg Penner got you a gift that costs $17 million a year. His name is Sean. I've always wanted a Sean uh, for my birthday, so appreciate that. Thank you, uh, the Walton Penner family group. Uh, we got Kevin Gray in the house saying good morning, Broncos country. Uh, good to see you, Kevin. We got Jan coming in. Hey, guys, good to see you, Jan. We got Nathan uh, Popel coming in here saying hard knocks Denver Broncos. You guys could correct me in the chat here if I'm wrong on this one, but I'm pretty sure that the Broncos would not qualify for hard knocks this year. You have to have a returning coaching staff. Uh, so this season will not be qualified for the, uh, the Broncos would not qualify for hard knocks, but the year after uh, they could. So we'll see what happens here. We'll see if how interesting they are. I mean, if the Broncos move on from Wilson, then maybe they're not as much an interesting name of a candidate with just Sean Payton and kind of a rebuild there, but we'll see uh, what happens. Good to see you, Nathan. We got tofu coming in saying, I was at the camp that caught, that the cost for Peyton was too high and that you didn't pay it. If he wasn't your first preferred option. While I feel that was true. Now Peyton is a head coach in time to get on board. Okay. I totally understand what you're saying here. Tofu. Yeah. He's the coach. Uh, Broncos made the trade for him. The they're bringing a stability into the position. Somebody who knows what they're doing, who knows how to run a tight ship as well. It's not just the offensive mind. It's the whole operation of what a football team needs to do to operate at a high level. So uh, yeah, I mean, get on board. Uh, We can have our, gripes, and I'm not going to fault you if you wanted somebody else, if you're crossing your arms and say you wanted Dan Quinn, if you're upset because the whole bounty gate thing and bringing him in, if you're upset for giving up the draft capital. I mean, I'm not here to tell you how to think. I'm just here to give you information to hopefully inform how you think uh, somewhat and give you my perspective as well and hear from you guys. But yeah, get on board. I'm excited for it. I absolutely, one of my favorite things coming out of the press conference yesterday, and we'll say hello to Kevin first. Good morning, Nick and Broncos country. Nick, have a great vacation. I'll miss you and Scott, my favorite pod. Thank you so much. I saw a, hey, You guys got to keep me in line here on this one. Scott says, I have a side jar. I saw there was a review on iTunes yesterday that said that Nick says hundred percent too much. And I'm like, you know what? Damn it. (laughs) You are 100% right. So I'm working out some other ones. Uh, Indubitably hundred P 110% Yas queen. So let me know. I just need some better responses out here, but I don't want to be just the 100% guy on here. So keep me accountable on that. But anyway, back to the press conference, Uh, Sean Payton, how so unserious for me, but how funny is it that the Broncos and Sean Payton, he used, it was tie gate. We had him wearing an orange tie, orange pocket square, whatever he was trying to send a message to Broncos country. Now, I don't know if that, how much weight I put in that, if he's just being silly about it, but that's, that to me is absolutely hilarious. Like, I'm wearing a navy blue spider jacket. It's because I have arachnophobia, so it's over my heart. So that way, I I don't know. It's just so silly, Uh, but uh, absolutely hilarious. One of my favorite things that came out of the press conference yesterday. Topu says he won me over the press conference for sure. He was good on that. Uh, Colin Wood coming in saying that I was too, not in the camp for getting Peyton. But we've done such a poor job with our first draft picks over the years that now I feel like it was a good move. Peyton seems like the realest deal we've had in a coach in a long time. I would argue that he is probably the biggest splash the Broncos have ever made in the coaching position. Uh, The Broncos, obviously, after enough time has passed, uh, Mike Shanahan became a big deal. But when the Broncos brought him in, he wasn't this, you know, Hall hall of Fame, currently on a Hall of Fame path as a head coach. Uh, So Sean Payton, big, huge deal for the Broncos. And I I hate to say the phrase, bring an adult into the room because they did have adults in there before. It just really didn't work out. But bringing in somebody with so much credit uh to their name with so much experience that when they come in and they say this is how it's going to be done everybody uh should listen and gonna hopefully treat everybody in that locker room the same and get everybody pulling in the same direction obviously there was some schisms in that locker room uh last year Uh, there's been schisms in the locker room dating back to 2016 uh since Peyton Manning's left uh now you have somebody in there that is not just, you know, one side of the ball, although he's an offensive mind, but not just one side of the ball and hopefully will control the whole operation of the team. Kevin Grace and you know, I was pleasantly surprised. I love his uh, philosophy and get her done attitude and no hype. Yeah, I didn't know he was a Chicago guy. Now, I'm, now it makes sense. He's a Midwest boy at heart. Uh, former quarterback from Eastern Illinois, uh, of course. And also you had uh, Tony Romo from Eastern Illinois. And there was somebody else that he mentioned from Eastern Illinois as well. I cannot recall uh, who it was, but yeah, the... Uh, Panthers, I think they're Panthers anyway. I digress. Uh, Mark coming in saying Russ lost personal trainer, I'm sure his private office is next. Sean treating everyone the same. Nice start. Russ can work with whoever he wants to on the off season and oh, my headphones. There we go. On in the off season and in uh, on Tuesdays, the off day or whatever, that's fine. But having his own personal trainer in the building, that does sound like that's out the door uh, for the Broncos. Sean Payton essentially said like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Like he's always heard of the Broncos doing that, but he's like saying I've, that that's never been a part of my process and that's not going to happen here. So good. Sean Payton's, you know, controlling the coaches in the building and um, not just, you know, getting, uh, giving Russell Wilson, anything he wants, making him earn it. You know, he's got, <laughs> got to earn, um, earn credit back in the Denver Bronco building. No doubt about that. It's been, uh, it was a rough go for him last year. Jason O'Neill, Coming in saying, Good morning, Broncos country. Uh, how's life and how are we feeling post Peyton Presser? Feeling pretty good. I had a good day yesterday on my birthday. Enjoyed it. Getting ready for a vacation here. Ready to get out of Seattle for a little bit. Uh, no nonsense. All business. Body of work speaks for itself. Now address the offensive line and assemble a veteran staff. Yeah, we got to get after it. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit about the defensive coaching staff as well. Um, so we're going to figure out who that's going to be. What's the interview? What's the latest uh, news here? Facebook user coming in. Good morning, Nick. Not sure who you are, but uh, God bless you. Good morning to you. Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good morning, Nick on Broncos for breakfast. Appreciate you, Michael. Tim Durr coming in. Morning, Nick. Always great to see you. Tim Dylan, our guy Dylan Von Arks saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. Way more eyeballs than likes up here, guys. Get on it um, and say uh, share on the on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Enjoy vacation, says Dominique. Much deserved. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, get out there. Going to do some night snorkeling with manta rays. I've didn't even know that was a thing. I could not wait <laughs> for that to happen. Glenn Hare saying, Nick, happy belated birthday. Hawaii should be awesome. We got, uh, oh no, am I freezing? Guys, let me know in the chat if I'm freezing up a little bit. It's getting a little bit uh, slow and clunky on my end from the chat. Um, X saying, I'm not on the backhoe at 730 this morning. Well, I appreciate you not coming in. Wink, wink. Is that what's going on here? Uh, but be safe out there, Generation. We appreciate you coming in. Michaela Israel also coming in saying, Good morning. We appreciate you, Michaela. Colton Easton in the house saying, Let's go. I love catching it live. We love you joining live. I love the, uh, <laughs> the angry, concerning Jesus look picture you got here. It makes me laugh. Good morning, Broncos country. Uh, we have hope again. Yeah, we do. K okay, Hop coming in asking me some draft questions. Yeah, Scott's not here, so a little bit more of a free form show today. We'll get into more in Peyton, Broncos defensive coordinator, maybe even run a mock draft. But uh, Iowa's James Campbell from uh, linebacker from Iowa, third round pick. Campbell's a really, really big, lengthy, productive linebacker out of the University of Iowa. The Rainy Butkus Award winner. He is not your sideline-to-sideline side speedster uh, coverage linebacker that you're looking for there. He's 6'5". He's got incredible length. He's really good in the box. Um, actually has some made some good rangy plays at Iowa this last year, but not from his speed, more from his instincts and his size. Uh, so I think he's a... a step above, maybe even two steps above Josie Jewell was coming out of Iowa and I'm biased. I got my Iowa hat back here. I need to get an Iowa helmet at some point, uh, but he, I think he's going to go middle of the second, late second. Uh, I will tell you that the coaches at Iowa absolutely, absolutely adore uh, the man, uh, James Campbell. He is probably you know just one of the hardest workers they've had come through that program under Kirk Ferentz, um, an adult in the room. He's he didn't reach Josie Jules stats uh, because Josie, I think played all four or uh, Josie played more, uh, more years. James Campbell had a bout of Mount mono that caused him to miss almost an entire season. Cause he lost a lot of weight, uh, but he's been incredible at Iowa. He's always going to be limited. There's a reason you're talking about him in the third round here in terms of his speed and Twitch. But in today's NFL, when you're playing lighter box counts, you want guys that are linebackers that are really good in the run game with length. Uh, if you're playing, in favor of more defensive backs and more speed on the back end, you need your guys who are up front in the spine of the defense to be that much better in the run game and in their instincts and discipline. So I think Campbell's going to be a really good linebacker for a long time. He's not going to confuse anybody for Fred Warner, but uh, really good player. I could go on for a bit about uh, James Campbell. He's a great player and seems like an even better dude. Uh, so excited to see where he goes. So we got Jackson Barkley saying, Happy belated birthday, man. Enjoy your trip. Thanks, Jackson. We got Mandango saying, Good morning, Nick. You got this. Go Broncos. I needed that. Tim Durr saying you and Scott work hard and deserve this vacation. Hope you both stay safe and enjoy it. I am very excited. Volcanoes National Park uh, doing some, a lot of hiking and snorkeling. It's going to be great. I've never been to Hawaii, so it'll be a great time. Chase Welner coming in saying morning, Nick, we appreciate you. We got emulating Peyton, putting that foot down. That's good degeneration X you got degeneration X loves me but happy belated birthday uh to me on this one we appreciate you degeneration X uh, with a five dollar super same I like the way he was talking about all the little details not just the football side but all the way around I mean when you're talking about an NFL football organization it is all the way around it's football it's not just football but the nutrition plays into football the training take uh, plays into the football the mental side of things mental health plays into football the Uh, what you're doing in the offseason, taking care of yourself, that all plays into the product on the field. So uh, Peyton's definitely a CEO type. Broncos have been looking for that. And (coughs) cheerio down the wrong pipe, I think there. Um, But uh, yeah, let's be excited to see what he will do uh, with the Broncos here as that CEO type. And Michael coming in, a little bit of news yesterday. Broncos announced that they are bringing in former Saints assistant offensive line coach, I believe it was his position, Zach Sheaf. Uh, I remember Sheaf from uh, the Saints uh, years ago. I think he, for some reason in my head, he went to play at the University of Indiana, but you guys could correct me on that. I remember him coming out. God, I'm getting that age now. <laughs> oh, happy birthday to me. You're another year older. You remember prospects that are now coaches. Uh, but yeah, Zach Sheaf was a right tackle for a number of years. Really smart player and uh, an, an ascending star. I am a little bit surprised that the Broncos didn't bring in Uh, potentially Mike Munchak back on the offensive line, given his experience and how good he's been an offensive line coach or Dan Rauscher, I believe is the name. Maybe Rauscher comes in as the run game coordinator and the tight ends coach like he was in uh, New Orleans this past season. But uh, Zach Schieff sounds like he's an up and coming star. And I really did enjoy the the belly aching uh, from the Saints fans uh, that he is leaving New Orleans to join Denver means Denver. Denver probably got a good one uh, if that's the case. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, For them with that new offensive line coach, in my opinion, uh, the offensive line coach, no matter the staff, is the third most important coach on a on a football team. College, college too, college, especially maybe. Uh, But I think it's your head coach is number one. No done, Nick. After that, it's the coordinator that is the opposite side of the ball of the head coach's experience. So you have uh, obviously Sean Payton is the offensive minded head coach. Defense coordinator would be number two for me after that it's the offensive line coach. So Zach actually hopefully the Broncos got a good one. Uh, we will see how that plays out for the Broncos uh, going forward. It's he's just so new, you know, we can, Oh, he's got good credit and people like him, but until you see it play out, it's really hard to say uh, Elliot D coming in saying, good morning. You think the Broncos will be looking for a new quarterback too. I do believe they'll be looking for a new quarterback too in here. Uh, partially because, and I'm going to come off as Russell Wilson hater or something, guys. I'm sorry to say that this offseason, but just the reality of the situation is he played bad last season, and the Broncos, if he's looking poor again this year, Sean Payton could say, yeah, that's not my guy going forward, and he could be on his way out. So uh, what does that mean? It means the Broncos could be looking for a new quarterback too to sit Russell Wilson uh, down the back stretch of the season next season and protect the Broncos from him collecting an injury guarantee on his contract. Uh, so I think the Broncos will look for a much better quarterback too, somebody to push him a little bit in the room. I would really like uh, Jacoby Brissett personally. I think he did an incredible job in Cleveland this past season. Uh, his offenses were actually pretty good. It was that Cleveland defense that was absolutely horrific uh, that caused that Browns team to be horrible. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would really like Jacoby Brissett. We'll see what other names come available. But uh, what Jacoby's did as far as a personality in that Browns locker room, I think was a a, a fantastic uh, story in a job last year. Tim Durr coming in here saying is that Brian Flores really out. I thought I saw somewhere. He didn't take the job in Minnesota. Somebody could correct me on that. Um, I woke up and had to get my, you know, my coffee brewing and my uh, breakfast going here and write the, uh, the lead for this uh, live stream. Uh, but is Flores really out? I thought I saw somewhere he took the job. Didn't take the job in Minnesota. I saw he did take the job in Minnesota. First announced by Adam Schefter yesterday and then announced by uh, Ian Rappaport. So Flores would be on his way to Minnesota. Unless something's changed. Uh, I don't know. Craig Smith, top of the morning. Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you. Elliot D coming in saying happy born day from Paige, Arizona. Happy trip around the sun. God bless. We're doing. Uh, let's go Broncos saying, what are we doing? Is Giro Evero, uh, Vic Fangio, and Brian Flores all gone? Broncos have an interview today with uh Brian Desai, Desai, uh who is the former defensive coordinator of the Bears, has been a defensive assistant underneath uh over in the Seahawks for a few years now and is a hand-picked guy that I know from asking around uh Vic Fangio absolutely adores. Uh Desai as an up-and-coming guy in his scheme and probably if he could peg somebody as his like number 1 uh disciple coaching tree guy, it would probably be uh Sean Desai. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, man. I just finally just got Ishiro Evero down. Now I'm going to have to change it to Sean something. Uh, but uh, it sounds like uh, he's the guy. He's going to be interviewed today with a Zoom interview for the Broncos, and we can get a little bit into his scheme and uh, what it looks like as well. It's uh, Streif, Zach Streef. Uh Great to see him. Maybe I pronounced the name wrong there earlier, but uh, excited to see Zach Streef here um, in Denver as the offensive uh, line coach. It'll be awesome to see what he does. Ernie Mays in the house. Happy birthday. Thank you, Ernie. We appreciate it. And uh, Tim Durr come in and say, I prefer the dude from Seattle anyway. So yeah, let's get in. Let's first pull it back to Sean Payton. Uh, Maybe I'm the only one on this yesterday, but I really felt like it was a interesting antithesis about uh, a lot of Nathaniel Hackett's uh, press conferences where he had much more of the the details and leaning back on anecdotes uh, than Nathaniel Hackett, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail out there. And also, the press conference was not really all about, you know, getting Russell Wilson, correcting Russell Wilson. It was about the Broncos team, getting this team right, correcting the small details. And, yeah, uh, that's I think it's going to be uh, really an interesting change here in Broncos country. Again, not so much about Russell Wilson anymore. I would even say the to the extent that – the press conference somewhat distanced itself from uh, Russell Wilson uh, with uh, Sean Payton yesterday. It wasn't all about Russ. It wasn't about fixing Russ. It wasn't about getting things back on track or that relationship. Russell Wilson is the uh, head coach or the quarterback here, of course, but it does not revolve around him. This is Sean Payton's show uh, from how, just how he answered the questions to that to about the personal quarterback coach in the building. I would be shocked if the, the personal office is gone. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the personal office is gone. I wouldn't be shocked if the excess parking spaces are gone, if his team's passes or uh, whatever access codes were denied. Uh, this is going to be an interesting season uh, for Russell Wilson, the power dynamic. Um, we'll see how last year humbled himself, but uh, really interesting. And somebody who's, you know, talked about it a little bit, uh, sh- shout out to, I think, Stephen Reese is the name. You know, we've always heard that, uh, Russell Wilson has compared himself to Russell uh, to Drew Brees and uh, wanting to be, you know, Sean Payton to bring that style of play out of him. That's not Russell Wilson's game, though. If you guys have joined me at all on here, uh, you've known that I've said that Russell Wilson, and you can see it with your own eyes too. But the shotgun empty set, which means you know, no running back in the backfield, could be four wide receivers, could be three wide receivers, two tight ends with the empty set, shotgun, quick pass game offense. Russell Wilson struggles with. I think it was this last year he was the single worst quarterback in the NFL in empty sets. And he, I think he was the single worst one in the NFL two years ago as well, uh, out of like quarterbacks that had like, I think 150 snaps. Uh, I don't remember the exact qualifiers on that, but, um, the Bru- Russell Wilson struggled with that. It's not his game. He is not Drew Brees. That's not how his play style works. He is much more of the down the field, moving, sliding the pocket a little bit, uh, using his legs from time to time to create, but vertical shots off of play action. And that's kind of what Drew Brees was. Drew's, Breeze was earlier in his career with new Orleans. Everybody thinks about the, you know, the high volume quick pass game stuff with Kamara, et cetera. But those like 2006 to 2010 new Orleans saints teams, they really utilized play action under center, heavy personnel drop back and vertical shots with Drew Breeze. So that's what I'm expecting um, from Russell Wilson. Another thing about that era uh, of uh, NFL football is it was heavy in uh, Tampa too. Defenses. Uh, we obviously still had a lot of base, but it was the two high safety shell uh, defense that was very popular back then. Thanks to Tampa Bay success. Thanks to the uh, Chicago bears success in that era with Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs and all those guys. So that was an era where there's a little bit more ability to run the football, use that play action stuff uh, to try to manufacture those deep, uh, deep passes. Then after the Seahawks, we had a big cover three revolution. And now we're in the Vic Fangio uh, qu- match uh, quarters, whether it be cover four, cover six, uh, defensive era in the NFL right now with more nickel personnel. So what does that mean? I think you could see not only it fitting Russell Wilson's play style better, but the current landscape of the NFL, that heavy, more heavier personnel using more 12 and 21, but using that personnel to set up explosive pass plays. It's not just running the ball to run the football to establish anything. It's taking advantage of box counts and opposing teams personnel up front and dictating uh, their personnel. So uh, we'll see let's say hello to some more people in here mark schrader coming in here saying good morning Nick good to see you mark we appreciate you coming in um I like this comment from chase saying Russ is now one of 53. yeah and if last season didn't humble uh Wilson um then you know then I don't know if there is any humbling but uh, hopefully he'll get on board with uh, whatever Peyton says in the message there we got Frank coming in saying morning Broncos family good to see you we got a comment here from uh Jesse saying zero ever was too immature to handle the business side and feelings got hurt Fanji would have been too much focused on the negatives in the past. And Flores is suing us, didn't deserve to be here.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC.
1: I don't know Azure Evero personally. Um, if my best friend was fired from an organization and I felt like he did not bear full responsibility for it and was being scapegoated and badmouthed by the organization I was working for, I might want out too, uh, especially because Azure Evero was a uh, a hot candidate this cycle as not only a potential head coach but a defensive coordinator. So I don't fault uh Ejuro for getting out and I think we can read between the lines now that the probably the people he blames most for the situation in Denver and the demise of Nathaniel Hackett uh are still in Denver. Um I was told by a source uh midway through the season when things were really starting to get off the rails uh, asking about um, you know the situation and the power dynamics in that Broncos locker room and a quote that'll stick with me is um uh, Nathaniel Hackett was, is the least empowered head coach of all time. <laughs> obviously there's some hyperbole there, but, uh, he obviously the job was too big for him. He was not ready for it. He was over his skis, whatever anecdote or uh, cliche you want to use, but there, it was not all on Hackett, uh, for last season's dysfunction. Uh, no doubt about that. We got Jeremy coming in saying Brian Flores is an aggressive defensive coach, but he seemed, uh, like he could bring some unwanted drama. Maybe uh, I I don't really even know where the suit is at right now with him suing the league. There would be some talking points about that, and if his defense has struggled, you know there'd be people in the comment section that would be uh, hounding about it. But uh, probably probably good that Broncos would be on. And my only personal opinion is that I'm not really a big fan of the uh, blitz-heavy defenses. I know that you're you know your typical fan really loves the aggression out there, but with where defenses are right now, I like calculated aggression, and I like intelligence place aggression. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm, I'm fine with sending a fifth guy every once in a while, especially using that nickel or a linebacker from time to time. But these cover zero looks, not really my favorite. I think that I'd rather have safety back there, two deep safeties, and I'd rather be playing nickel personnel. I mean, you can say that I fully drink in the Vic Fangio scheme Kool-Aid. Now, there's obviously in any sort of defense, there's always a weakness uh, for the Broncos in that Vic Fangio defense. The middle of the field has some vacancy in it. It's easier to run on up front. And if you do not have great players up front in that defensive uh the, on the defensive line, sometimes you'll have some issues generating pressure. Uh, but you gotta Broncos gotta lean in and uh keep improving that defensive line, no doubt, uh, with this uh, if they are gonna bring in Sean Desai, who is interviewing today with the Broncos at uh I don't know what time, but a one hour zoom call, uh saying, uh, Peter's coming in saying thoughts on Russell Wilson or Russ's coach's comment, making it an assumption that Sean hasn't discussed this with Russ. If That's correct, IDKY he'd make such a definitive statement without having a conversation with him first. If you're talking about, um, yeah, if you're talking about, uh, gosh, I can't remember Russell Wilson's personal head coach's name, but if the head coach doesn't want somebody in there, then it's going to, that's his choice. I mean, he, he controls the aspects in there. Russ can come with him, plead with him, but uh, it's Sean Payton's team. Um, And I think that was not just a, not having a discussion with Russell Wilson about it, but also, um, you know, putting his balls on the table, so to speak. Uh, So We'll see. And also we got urbanology saying, here goes everyone talking about how they didn't want Flores. I really wanted Vic Fangio or Azure Stain. I'm not really a big fan of the scheme Brian Flores plays, but if they had brought him in, he'd have made it work. Uh, he's a really good coach. I You can go back to when they first were um, interviewing Brian Flores. Uh, you can find my Twitter on there. I'll search it up. Nick Flores from colon Nick Kendall, MHH. Uh, But I'm just, I'm not a big fan of the cover zero blitz heavy defenses because they lean into giving up more explosive plays. The other reason is, is that uh, according to, or via EPA per play, Patrick Mahomes is the single best quarterback of all time against the blitz. Patrick Mahomes has struggled more so against the Vic Fangio S defenses uh, up front. So I... I'd be fine with a little bit of both. I think what your Everett did last season and we're getting really into the nitty gritty of scheme here, uh, which I enjoy defensive scheme, but I think what your uh, Everett did last season was awesome. He did a lot of uh, cover three and uh, cover six kind of looks out there. Sometimes some cover four in uh first and second down, you know, the obvious rundowns playing a little bit more conservative on those downs to not give up the big plays. And uh, so he'd have two deep safeties and then one would uh, be, declare itself after the snap is, you know, kind of the strong line linebacker, trying back linebacker, walking down into space. The other one would go deep in a cover three look, or you'd have, you know, both jettisoning back in a quarter half a uh, half quarter, quarter look on the back end uh, with t- both the safeties and one cornerback scooting back Uh on f- third down though, is your Everell? he played more of a penny front up front. So with a uh, three interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers and only one linebacker, and he would get aggressive with his f- looks up front. The Broncos blitzed the fourth most in the NFL last season, and a lot of that came on cover one looks with simulated pressures up front or straight up blitzes on third down. So I think that's where I would be uh, the most interested last uh, with the Broncos. And uh, Urban saying, yeah, that's what killed the Bron- Vikings defense last year. Vikings defense strunk, stunk last year with a Vic Fangio style defense underneath uh, Ed Donatel. So, again, every single defense has its weaknesses. Defense is also much less, in my opinion, defense is much less about the scheme as it is about the the dudes up front. Like you can have, you know, average level players on offense, especially at, you know, wide receiver running back, etc. but you can scheme them open with a smart offensive mind. It's hard to scheme to protect defensive players. You, there's some, there's a line where you, if you don't have enough talent, it doesn't matter. Uh, so we'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we got Dion saying you're the best on mile high huddle. I don't know about that Dion, but the, making my head big, that's a nice little birthday, uh, fluff up for me. I appreciate it. Uh, so Getting back to Sean Payton, really interested to see another big takeaway that I had yesterday from Sean Payton's press conference with the Broncos is that George Payton's here to stay, at least for now. A lot of talk when the Broncos were first pursuing uh, Sean Payton that potentially Sean Payton would want to bring in his own general manager, somebody he's uh, coordinated or had worked with in the past. Jeff Ireland is a name that sticks out in my mind, the uh, director of college Uh, scouting there in new Orleans has done a phenomenal job uh, with that new Orleans team, especially considering they are limited in draft picks. I don't really like their strategy of trading up for non quarterbacks in the first round. uh, But I digress, you know, Chris Olave and Marcus Davenport saints would probably be in a better position if they didn't trade up for those guys, even though Chris Olave looks incredible. Uh, But um, I'd be, uh, I'd be excited for the pairing of George Payton and Sean Payton this uh, year going forward. Obviously if things don't work out this season, Sean uh, George Payton could be out of a job. Sean Payton could end up bringing his guy then, but uh, excited to see George Payton here The Broncos are going to need his prowess in that round three to round five range where he does a pretty good job of uh college scouting players there. I think the Broncos have hit probably above average uh, drafting there underneath George Payton uh, the jury's still out. I would say on uh, Nick Benito, I wasn't a big fan of the pick at the time, but the jury's still out on him, but You're talking about, you know, Baron Browning. You're talking about Quinn Miners. You're talking about, uh, of course, uh, Damari Mathis, uh, Greg Dulcich. I think all those guys probably hit above par or below par. Is is that how you do golf? It's better if it's below par. They hit above average uh, for their draft slots Uh, there. So excited to see what the uh, George Payton can do this year with the Broncos having two third round picks, two early thirds if they keep those. I don't think they'll keep both of those picks. And uh, the the fourth and the fifth round draft pick this upcoming draft cycle. We got our guide, Jacob Foster coming in with the support. Jacob, this quiet one, uh, just a quick announcement while Jacob's here. Cause we always want to let Jacob know what's going on. Uh, Scott and I are going to be out, um, from the eighth until the 15th. So we'll be back on February 16th. Scott is doing his favorite thing, which is scuba diving out there in Belize. He hasn't taken a vacation in like eight years or something. He said, and I haven't taken a vacation since, uh, before Rona, I guess living out here in the Pacific Northwest during the summertime with, I went on like eight backpacking trips last year. That's a lot of vacations, <laughs> but I haven't gone anywhere uh, for vacation. Everything's been, you know, a three hour drive. Uh, God bless the Pacific Northwest and all the mountains and stuff that I got to do out here. It's really, really fortunate for that. Dom coming in saying good morning, Nick buddy in Broncos country. Hope your birthday was great. It was great. I had a good time. It was low key. Uh, stayed at work late getting everything together, but again, heading off to vacation, safe travels. God bless you, buddy. Thank you so much. We appreciate you uh, coming in and supporting us. So yeah, Sean Payton, George, uh, Sean Payton and George Payton, the Paytons, uh, together. I think George Payton is safe for this season. We'll be interesting to see what happens. And, uh, Sean coming and saying in the press conference, I'm mean, not, I'm not this power hungry demon on a pedestal that, you know, a lot of people portrayed me to be Sean Payton had the power to be that guy. If he wanted to, I think that's why a lot of people assume that would be the case. Now him saying he does, he's not a power, uh, power seeking person is different than, how it could play out, right? We want to see how what the situation looks like as we gather more data. Uh, But right now, George Payton is still in the house. I think it's safe to say he's going to be here for this offseason. Scott and I had talked about it a good bit uh, that we wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos had moved on um, from Sean, or from, uh, it's going to be hard, from George Payton after the draft, uh, after the Broncos draft class comes in. I'm guessing based, if we're taking Sean Payton's press conference yesterday at face value, it would be somewhat surprising now if they moved on from George Payton uh, after this draft this year. So George is here this season and something I've said on here before, uh, and on Twitter, Uh, if the Broncos are going to move on from Russell Wilson after this season, if he struggles again, uh, this year, if the locker room dynamic is not great, if the coach is not wanting to work with him, uh, anymore, then the Broncos are going to have to hit above average with their draft picks, uh, going forward to dig themselves out of the cap hill. That will be the dead cap, uh, over Wilson's released contract that would be over 2024 and 2025. So uh, George Payton probably back this uh, season and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So moving forward, uh, Sean Desai going to have his interview with the Broncos today. I would say it's, I'd be shocked at this point if he's not the hire for the Broncos, a defensive coordinator. Uh, he interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings. He's now interviewing with the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton did really want, according to reports, really wanted Vic Fangio to be his defensive coordinator. He, I think, one of the big reasons is because he thinks Vic's scheme is the, the way to go in today's NFL. Uh, a lot of people think that, but I think Sean Payton, you know, standing back and watching it and being an offensive mind that, uh, he, I think he really appreciates what Vic has done in uh current landscape of the NFL. And the next best guy probably for that scheme would be Sean Desai. He's a handpicked guy from Vic Fangio recommended from Vic Fangio. Didn't have an amazing season, uh, with the bears when that, I think it was the last season of Jim Nagy and all that dysfunction out there in Chicago. But, um, did a pretty darn good job with the uh, being a defensive assistant and a defensive back coach out there in Seattle this season. Helped a lot uh, with the development of Tariq Woolen out there and uh, Kobe Bryant, the two rookie cornerbacks out there in Seattle. So we'll see. I think, unfortunately, I think it's pretty safe to say that Broncos are going to take a step back in terms of schematic innovation, uh, losing Giro Evero. Uh, to Sean Desai, but <clears throat> excuse me, but Desai is going to be a really interesting candidate here. And uh will be interesting to see if he's changed his scheme at all, especially up front. He was very static in how he generated pressure uh, up front with the Chicago Bears. Uh, not a lot of putting offensive linemen in binds or tough assignments where they, you know, lining up guys to make their uh, gap assignment, I guess, or their blocking assignment difficult, having to make a choice, you know, putting them in conflict is uh, what we talk about on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but, uh, we'll see if he's changed at all. I think over the past two or three seasons, uh, simulated pressures in the NFL have really become more in vogue and what you can do to generate matchups up front with more hybrid players at linebacker and defensive line and nickel, uh, as well, really creating, um, some interesting, um, interesting dynamics. And, uh, we got somebody saying there's a scammer in here. I don't see any scammers. Um, Oh, this one. Yep. Sorry. Uh, thank you for the happiness. We'll see you Lila. Sorry about your uh, stuff. I don't care about your investment though, unless you want to invest in the show. You know, no super chats in here, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> except Gary, Gary coming to the super chat saying good morning, Nick and Broncos Country. Uh, tired of Russell bashing, but that will stop when he starts winning. Got to play better. Uh, and I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm sorry if I you think I'm bashing Gary. He played bad last season, and the power dynamics are were an issue uh, last year. I think we can say that pretty definitively now is he salvageable is he gonna be as bad again next season we don't know anybody's saying for sure one way or the other on that one Why idea um but uh, we'll see what happens uh Tiffany silver uh saying uh, two dollar two uh two pounds out there say, Nicholas, what do you think of Desai Fangio scheme? Yeah, uh, going to be a lot more match uh, quarters defense, cover four, cover six, two deep safety shells. Uh, sometimes they'll rotate down into a cover three look, uh, but it'll be lighter boxes, a lot of nickel personnel, and luckily the Broncos will not have to change a lot scheme wise. I think they're probably going to need to work on the uh, <clears throat> defensive line specifically with the the edge setting of the linebacker if they're going to be playing more 4-2-5. Uh, defense out there in sub packages, maybe some more dime look as well. I don't think we're going to see as much penny front, uh, up there. So maybe the defensive tackle body type might change. Maybe they'll let Draymond Jones walk in favor of somebody with a little bit more run stopping ability that can play, you know, one and three technique. Uh, but we'll be interesting to see what happens with Desai going forward and how much he's changed, uh, compared to what the, uh, what he was with the bears in 2021, football keeps changing. Uh, it's ever dynamic and with the schemes that are running and the personnel you have is uh fluid. So we'll be interesting to see. One thing I will say about Desai is that I think he's a really good defensive back and coverage mind. Broncos are going to need to get some horses up front on the defensive line to run the scheme. Um, mentioned it already. And he's not the head coach, uh, defensive coordinator yet, but he didn't do a lot to create matchups up front with the pass rush. I, you can still create matchups up front if you're not blitzing, if you, you know, line up guys, drop guys in certain areas. And especially if you have versatile pieces like the Broncos do on defense, uh, specifically at edge with the likes of Browning and Gregory and Benito, I would like a little bit more versatility at the, uh, the linebacker spot, uh, a little bit more athleticism. So that way, if you line somebody up in a mug, look standing up over the a gap on the uh, the gap between a center and a guard that if they come, they're much more of a force uh, than what the Broncos have right now, but uh, definitely something to see. Adam Strange coming in here saying, "Do the Broncos get a new defensive coordinator? Not yet. Uh, Brian Flores to the Minnesota Vikings. Zero Everett to the Carolina Panthers. Broncos are meeting with Sean Desai today. Sean Desai seems like he's got to be the guy, but we'll see what happens. If it's not him, look out for Chris Richard, uh, former defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, defensive backs coach and co-defensive coordinator last year for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, He's somebody that he did coach one year underneath Sean Payton in New Orleans. He's one that I would be, uh, keeping an eye on uh, for the Broncos if they don't get Sean Desai. Jeff coming in here saying, good morning, Nick. Good morning to Jeff. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we appreciate you. Todd Smith coming in saying, morning, Broncos country. Always good to see you um, and coming in here. And we got Urbanology saying, Russ still has talent. Hackett just couldn't hack it. A lot of things couldn't hack it last season, uh, but hopefully this year will be better and we'll have a little bit more accountability and some continuity on the offensive personnel and getting a little bit better. Yeah. Um, God, we get more. hack. It's hard to believe friend told me a secret behind his success. The successes don't, uh, don't come in here and scam me out. Can I get rid of this one? Let's delete that comment. Thank you. Um, Adam strange coming in saying is Desai blitz happy with three, four. He's not blitz happy, um, at all. So, uh, I would not worry about, uh, that upfront. He's going to be much more of a static rushing four, maybe sometimes five, but keeping bodies in coverage. So we'll see. And, uh, Alessandro saying I want somebody different. Never heard of him. He's a no name defensive coordinator for a year. I mean, as your was a no name before he came to Denver, right? Uh, at least for those that uh, aren't paying attention to the positional coaches out there in the league, but uh, we'll see what happens. If Sean Payton wants him, I think right now we just got to trust Sean Payton's going to bring in the best staff possible. So uh, we'll see what happens. And also got Frank coming in here saying is um, Zimmer an option might be going to the Buffaloes. Broncos could have interviewed Zimmer without any knowledge to anybody. Uh, so that would be very interesting, uh, because he's not a part of an NFL team right now. So maybe him, I think the Broncos could also interview Steve Wilkes, um, former defensive coordinator and the interim head coach for the Panthers been in the league for a number of years. So he, I believe he interviewed with the 49ers. That seems to be where he's likely to go, but things change constantly. Uh, so Zimmer is an option. We'll see what happens with him. I know he has a relationship with George Payton, obviously dating back to Minnesota. Maybe he's a dark horse candidate. Uh, right now I think he is most likely to be some sort of role on, on Deion Sanders staff there out in, in Boulder for the Buffaloes, but uh Buffalo. eye what's Buffalo's what's the plural for Buffalo. Uh, but uh, I'm just kidding. I know it's not Buffalo. Uh, but uh, we'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do at that spot. So uh, we talked a little bit of Sean Payton today. We talked a little bit of uh, obviously the Broncos defensive coordinator spot. And uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I could run a mock here. Probably going to get out of here pretty soon. Got to get get my bag packed and everything. Um, a little bit slower show today and uh, doing it solo, but uh, kind of hard to run the show solo uh, talking as fast as I do. I probably need to take a coffee sip to protect my voice there. But yeah, no interesting news uh, about the Broncos yesterday. Interesting to see Sean Payton coming in. This is his team. He came in there. He could have come in there and like uh, whatever that movie is with Tom Hanks came in, you know, looked at everybody in the press conference room and been like, I'm the captain now. Sean Payton's ship, everybody. Uh, Denver Broncos is going to be interesting going forward. We'll see what happens with uh, this staff, this offseason. defensive coordinator. Oh, uh, Zach Strife also going to be the, uh, the Broncos uh, offensive line coach, apparently a very much an up and coming player. And we got Glenn Harris saying a seven round mock draft. Okay. Twist my arm, Glenn, twist my arm. Um, I'm going to have to pull up the, uh, the mock draft simulator. So let's see how good I can talk and type at the same time. Um, but Yeah, really going to be an interesting offseason for the Broncos. Uh, They still be waiting for the defensive coordinator. Luckily, we have the offensive line coach now, so we'll see what happens there. I like to use the pro football focus mock draft simulator uh, because they do a pretty good job, I think, with it. Overall, I don't really always love their board, but the fact that I can change positional value, um, draft for needs, randomness in the mock draft, I always think is pretty interesting. So Broncos right now, they have two threes, a four, a five and a six. So five picks. I would assume that by the time the draft rolls around, they'll have more picks than that, but uh, we'll see what happens there on that one. Dominique saying safe travels to Hawaii. Um, Billy Ray Valentine coming in saying is Peyton takes busts his office. yet. Yeah, I don't know about that, um, but we'll see. We got Roy Roy. He runner coming in saying great podcast. Always enjoy your in- insights. Well, thank you. That's really, uh, I really do appreciate that. Uh, we got a question from Frank saying with letting is your ever go? to the Broncos getting any comp picks. Uh, what do you think about the picks we have to try to build this team? Broncos get no comp picks for Azure Evero. Um, according to current NFL rules, which might change this off season at the NFL team meetings, the only way you can get draft comp back is if you trade for a general manager or a head coach, there might be team president might also be included, but trading, there's no such thing as trading coordinators in the NFL. Currently. Uh, so the Broncos get no picks for uh, losing Azure Evero and because he was only on the team for one season and he wasn't hired or promoted to another organization, uh, he, the Broncos will not get comp picks back for him. Now, if the Broncos would have brought back his year Evero for 2023, he was hired as a head coach next year. Broncos could have got, uh, I think, two third-round compensatory picks. But, alas, um, not the reality. The Broncos don't keep him hostage, and uh, they move, move on. Um, and we'll see what happens with the Broncos uh, with their defensive coordinator going forward. Unfortunately, I think it's probably pretty safe to say they are going to uh, <clears throat> they are going to probably take a step back on that side, but we said the same thing last year. Uh, moving on from Vic Fangio to uh, Isier Evero, probably going to be a step back. Broncos, they treaded water, if not slightly improved, under Evero. Now, I do think the personnel was better last season than what Vic Fangio had for the most part, but uh, I digress. Uh, let's go forward here. I'm adding it to the stream. There we go. Hopefully, you guys can see what's going on here. Maybe if I make it a little bit smaller. You can see more of the screen. So Broncos seven round mock draft. We're going to get to it. I'll be honest. Typically I get to about 150 guys. So when we get to the end of the whatever round it's uh, like the sixth round, seventh round, I, there might be some pet picks for me in that, but uh, the Broncos pick uh, 67 and 68. Uh, they Those picks will not change the picks in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Their numbers will change when the comp picks are announced. Uh, but moving on here, we're now on the clock here with the Broncos picking at pick 67. Unfortunately, you have Michael John Michael Schmitz go right before. Donald Wright go right before. Keanu Benton go right before. uh, Deontay Banks go right before. Matthew Bergeron right there. Uh, All guys that, honest to God, if they were there, I probably would have taken them for the Broncos. But alas, this is where we are um, with this scheme. And, hmm, all right. This is going to be an interesting one for the Broncos. So we are now on the clock with the Broncos. I, God, okay. It might not be a great fit for the Broncos, but uh, he had a great job at the combine. He's a huge, massive athlete, a freak. Um, Russell Wilson's going to have a hard time throwing the football over him at six foot eight, but I don't care one bit. (laughs) Get me the guy at right tackle here, especially in the third round. I think this is too good of a value. Um, I'm going to draft the Juan Jones here, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. Uh, He's a really good player here for the Broncos in this part of the draft Um, after that. So now we're on to our pick 68. I would love to trade this one, but I don't think we have enough time to trade this pick. So we're looking over here. Some names available. Isaiah Fosky, edge rusher. Cedric Tillman, I really like uh from uh Tennessee. This a really good um draft class for the uh cornerbacks as well. And uh oh man, somebody that I think would be really interesting for the Broncos. Pro football focus hates running backs, so he's pretty low here. But Devon uh from Texas A and from Texas AM, I think he'd be really interesting piece uh, for the Broncos on this, uh, on this team, but I'm going to go. I think this team could use some help uh, long-term at uh cornerback. Maybe this is such a good cornerback draft. And I think that Tyreek Stevenson, I had a, I was really impressed with him at the senior bowl as well. So a uh, cornerback from Miami does a lot of chirping. This Broncos team might be moving on from uh, the likes of Ronald Darby to save a lot, a lot, a lot of cash this season and I think long-term Demari Mathis's best role is more of in the slot. Uh, so I move on, and uh, I take uh, Stevenson there from the University of Miami. Really interesting player. I think he's going to be a good one. So now we're on the pick here at pick 180, 188 for the Broncos. And, oh, man, my goodness, this is a great pick for the Broncos right here. Steve Avila uh, played great uh, for the uh, – Texas Christian University Horn Frogs had a good senior bowl. I think he's probably going to be going somewhere in the early to mid round three, is where I'd peg him. But I think this is a potential day one starter there for the Broncos at left guard. So, uh, coming out of this, man, I didn't think we'd have any chance at uh, drafting offensive line talent uh, for where you guys uh, were going to be looking for it. But here we are. Um, some really good uh, pieces for the Broncos on this line um, up front. Two. A starting guard and a starting right tackle. I mean, hey, folks, we're cooking with gas. That's really exciting. Um, So now we're up front here with the Broncos. Uh, Once again, we are looking at uh, potentially running back. We're looking at potentially defensive line. We're looking at potentially uh, wide receiver. We haven't taken yet. Uh, Interior defensive line. Oh, this one's too easy. This is a cheat code. Julius Brent should not be down here. I already took a cornerback. Okay, I'm going to skip that Julius Brents is down here because this is obviously a cheat in the system. He's not going to fall all the way down to 167. He's going to go in the top 100, no doubt. So let's pretend he's not there. I don't think that one is uh, fair or makes a lick of sense. Best guy for here, in my opinion, is going to be Colby Wooden. Um, it says he's listed as an edge rusher, but really he's more of an inside-outside pass rusher, playing at about 280. If you're going to be playing, um, trying to get up to the pass, uh, the quarterback, he can play some 4-I. He can play some 3-technique early on. He can get after the quarterback. Uh, really interested in him uh, going forward uh, as a sub package pass rusher type. And we're talking about the fifth round here. Hell yeah. Sign me up for that in the fifth round. Uh, Glenn Hare coming in saying, Nick, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame? I'm not a big fan of Isaiah Foskey. As far as a first round pick, if he's available in the third round and the Broncos take him, that's fine. I think he's super, super stiff, uh, in his lower half. He's got very little bend, uh, really productive at Notre Dame. Um, actually surprisingly good in coverage as well, kicking out into space for his size. But, uh, he's one that's uh will be interesting to watch. I think the first round hype is baloney. Um but the uh, day late mid to late day 2 that that makes sense to me. Jeremy Sean, any good centers? Joe Tipmen from Wisconsin is a really good center. I don't even see where he went in this one if he's even available, but uh he's up there and then obviously John Michael Schmitz um from the uh University of Minnesota. He had a really good week down there in Minnesota. Not an elite mover, not an elite pass protector, but really strong uh Good player in the run game. He'll go probably somewhere in the top 50, uh, in my opinion, in this class. BK saying we need to draft a quarterback. Really terrible quarterback draft class, BK. After the top four this year, there's a massive, incredible drop-off in talent. So unfortunately, that's where uh, where we're at. Glenn Harrison, any chance Browning gets moved back to linebacker or you think he's made it home at edge? I would love to see Brian Browning get utilized more across the defensive line in pass rush situations where he could line up at edge in some place, but also as a stand-up A a gap linebacker and some pressure packages. So right now I think he's probably best at edge, uh, but definitely a chance that he could get moved around and begin in sub packages where, you know, he could be dropping into a hook zone or he could be lineup in man coverage against the linebacker, or he could be uh, delayed blitz or blitzing from an a gap or even a B gap on a twist and stunt kind of look. I would be very interested in that for Browning rather than, you know, pure off ball or pure edge. I think in today's NFL hybrid players, uh, especially ones that you don't know if they're going to come or go in pass rush are huge uh, to create mismatches. I mean, you can get guys completely unblocked with only sending four if you do a good job with how you um, create those pressure packages. So um, would be very interested in that uh, for the Broncos and for Baron Browning. So now we're up here for the Broncos. Again, we're picking at pick two thirty one. This is the, the last pick of the Broncos in this class. Uh, We still have not taken a running back. We still have not taken a, uh, Can I look for positions here? I'd love to get a running back late. Uh, I think the Broncos need running backs really badly. Not really impressed with any of these running backs. Let's uh, pretend I didn't say that tight ends. Another one here for the Broncos I'd be interested in. Um, Okay. I'm going to go with a guy here that I've been impressed with a few years. He's kind of a pet, a pet of mine. I know he's pretty low here. We'll see if he gets drafted, but I've been impressed with uh, Braden Willis from uh, Oklahoma. He is a special teams ace. Uh, There was an interview with, the current Oklahoma head coach, Brett Venables, who just went on and on and on about how good Willis has been. Uh, he is going to be able to play your H back role, your tight end role and going to be essentially an upgraded version of Andrew Beck on this team. I believe that in order to maximize Russell Wilson going forward, you're probably going to have to play more under center, heavier personnel looks and uh, run with the pass with a fullback even. And I think uh, Willis is a great option. Apparently he's a great locker room guy. Again, four te- uh four-way special teams player. Um, so I'm going with Willis here in this one. And, uh, I think that's, are we up again? Oh shoot, man. I guess I went a little early on. <laughs> I thought uh, that was it. Did I not take him? Oh, we have two thirty-one. So that was the f- fifth. Okay. I'm confused. The Broncos have some seventh here. I don't know what's going on. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that's the name of the show folks. Nick doesn't know what's going on. Um, we have a couple options here. Oh man, Michael Wilson and Jalen Reed. Let's, uh, Shouldn't be here. Jaden Reed, probably one of the best wide receivers at the senior bowl, special teams player of the year in the big Ten two years ago, really good returner, um, a dynamic player. I would be over the moon uh, to have uh, Jaden Reed this late. This is a pretty early mock draft. Did I do a trade by accident and not even know? Did the Broncos do a trade somebody? I swear to God. I don't remember having two seventh round picks. I think this big board might, I think the draft might be wrong here from PFF. (laughs) Do the Broncos have two sevenths folks? I thought they had, uh, only a sixth. They had the six from uh, Pittsburgh. I think that the uh, mock draft simulator isn't right here with those two seventh round picks, but uh, I digress. Um, yeah, Jeremy's saying we have 231 and 243. Huh. I thought the Broncos only had a sixth round pick and the sevenths were all gone. Um, I don't know. I'll have to do a little bit of research on that, but uh, um, we appreciate you guys coming in here. Um, hope you're doing well. I'm going to have to see what's going on. I thought the Broncos didn't have any picks. Uh, after the sixth round of the season because of the the trades they've made over here recently. Yeah, according to Tankathon, um, the Broncos only have... Uh, their last pick is 196, and that's also true on the uh, transactions uh, website. So I don't know what's going on here. I guess we'll see what plays out. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of debate on those Broncos' last seventh round picks being going to like... I think Detroit might have one of them as a uh, kickback in the... Trade we made a few years ago for Trenton Holiday. I think Steven Weatherly might be involved here. Jonas Griffith. There's some trades of future uh, picks as well. So I don't know. I don't think the Broncos have two thirty one and two forty three though, folks. So uh, maybe this is a reality um, when the Broncos do eventually uh, get to the draft, traded that six round pick to get two sevenths. But uh, I don't think that's actually the case. So there's your mock draft, folks. Uh, Dewan Jones probably shouldn't be there, but he fell. Tyreek Stevenson gave me a D plus. Sorry, uh, he's a good player there. I probably would have taken uh, Julius Brents if I had known he'd been there but uh, I digress. Steve Avila. Great pick there. Broncos two offensive line starters there. Colby Wooden getting after it. He says edge rusher here. He's interior defensive line inside, outside guy, Braden Willis, and then uh, Jaden Reed. So adding to the offense a lot, but also adding some core players to the secondary and uh, rotational players to the secondary and the defensive line getting after it. Uh, just like we did today. We went long today. I didn't think I'd be able to go this long. Appreciate everyone coming in. We got Mandango saying, have a great time in Hawaii. Glenn Harris saying, enjoy the vacation, Nick. Um, We have a 247 from Minnesota, but not 231. I'll look it up. I'm not sure what's going on. And uh, saying no seventh round picks. Last pick is six from the Steelers. That's what I thought too. Um, But there's a lot of like conditional picks that like, oh, you have to send the seven, but you don't have a seven yet. So which seven are you sending? Because you acquired some in the future, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see how it plays out. But guys, that's got to do it for me. My voice is starting to get a little hurt. A little hoarse out here. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, follow us at mile high huddle pod and f- uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Really appreciate everyone coming in today. Keeping me chugging uh, last show until a week, a little over a week from now. Um, hopefully Scott and I will return in one piece. Hopefully we don't come back looking like lobsters uh join the sun uh, again. Shout out to everybody uh, wishing me a happy birthday yesterday. Really does mean a lot. I turned 30 again. I think I can say that joke now. Uh, so, uh, staying healthy, staying alive, uh, you guys. And I know it's the off season now and everything and things could get slowed down a little bit, but make sure you're still continuing to choose kindness and compassion. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week on the 16th. Uh, but until then go Broncos. We'll see you next week on the 16th. Uh, but until then go Broncos.